Okay, so today's quickie is about letting go. Oof, man, there are books on letting go. And I knew I, I knew it, but I still wasn't ready to let it go. Have you, ever, have you ever felt that in your life? Just not ready to let something go, especially when you're attached to some sort of deprivation or you're, you're attached to it. She said to me, and the kicker was this. So one day when, I don't know what it was, she might have been reading my mind or something. She said, mom, this is during our pre-move, you know, and the house was up for sale. Mom, I only want one thing from you when you die, and that's the piano. You have problems? She has answers. Getting down to the nitty-gritty with people who know what they're talking about. This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at AdviceForLifeWithLynn.com slash Audible. I love the word free. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. You can get them from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hi, everyone. This is a first-of-its-kind quickie. I am recording this from my iPhone. <laughs> Normally, I have a beautiful studio and setup with, you know, beautiful, great microphones. And instead, I'm recording on my phone because I recently moved and all of my stuff, like 95% of it, is in storage. I had a four bedroom, two bath, and 95% of it is in storage. So I joke that I'm living like a gypsy. So my kids are staying in one place, my dogs are staying with another place, and the kitty and I are, are living with somebody else, and that's a whole nother podcast. Anyway, it's just temporary, but we must move forward, and I didn't want to stop doing this show because I've got so much, so many good experiences that have happened, so many challenges, and, and there, it's just one podcast after another that I think that you, you know, might benefit from. I don't know. I hope so. That was me snapping my finger. All right, so while I don't have my professional microphones and mixers and computer, I'm going to record because, you know, like I just said, maybe you can get a nugget of wisdom out of this latest Advice for Life with Lynn Quickie. So just as I mentioned before, um, I recently moved. Uh, as I told you, I was in a four-bedroom, two-bath, two-car garage pool, the beautiful yard, gorgeous neighborhood. I had been in that house since my kids were three and four. My ex-husband and I raised our kids in that house for 16 years. So you know I had a lot of stuff and crap and memories in there. Um, you know, we had a spacious loft, this beautiful loft in the garage where I stored all of our memories, eight huge boxes, like those big boxes you get from the container store, plastic of Christmas decorations, because every year, you know, it was like a family tradition to be the first, oh, I think I'm a little sad, to be the first to try <laughs> and outdo our neighbors, you know, kind of like the Griswolds. It was like a little unspoken, friendly competition. I had Easter and Halloween decorations, some Thanksgiving, and a ton of baby clothes, baby books, two cribs, because I was convinced that my grandchildren would want these someday. Um, you know what else I had when I was going through my stuff? I, I Yeah, it sounds like, oh, you kept the good stuff. No, I also kept my son's diaper. He's 20. Like his infant diaper. Of course, I never used it. But I wrote on it, Nicholas's diaper, you know, when he was like seven pounds, seven ounces. Okay. So sentimental slash borderline hoarder, but mother of two kind of crap in my garage. Had this beautiful 
iron fireplace screen <laughs> because we used to have a fireplace in our old house. And I was like, someday I'm going to have another fireplace and, you know, I got to, you know, keep it. Electric trains, two electric cha- trains, you know, for Christmas time. Baptism gowns. Like I said, I don't consider myself a hoarder. I like to say I'm sentimental. Oh, and a lane chest, you know, one of those cedar lane chests I got when I was 16 because I was like, oh, I want a lane, I want a chest, I'm going to keep it until I'm 89 years old. But you know what? I think I'm a covert hoarder. But when you're moving from a four-bedroom home to an apartment, there is no hoarding allowed. Very little sentimental crap permitted. You know, the fire was under my ass. So before I could even address the loft and the 5,000 pounds of, quote, sentimental stuff, before we even get there, um, when I knew, okay, I'm going to sell my house soon, you know, it takes, it's a process. Um, my eyes are focused on the beautiful black lacquered baby grand piano sitting so beautifully in my living room that I knew would not fit in any apartment. Where the hell was I going to put that? So when we started to look for apartments, I would hear myself say, I would tell my boyfriend, oh, the piano could go there, which would be the entire living room. He was great. He never said, oh, that's not going to fit. Just sort of let me go through this process. Or I would say, I would say, I don't think the piano is going to fit here. So after about the fourth apartment that we looked at, I remember thinking, hmm, I don't think the piano is going to fit here. I guess I'll have to store it. So that was like phase two. I'm going to store the piano. Clearly, I wasn't ready to let go of the piano. And here's why. You know, whenever we're having a hard time letting go of something, there's always an emotional reason why. There's always a story connected to it that we believe. And I have a great story of why I didn't want to give up this beautiful baby grand piano. Growing up, we were very poor, low income. My parents worked so hard to give us everything they had. And we always had a beautiful house, but no furniture. We went to a private school, but on the poor plan. You know, I paid a nickel for for lunch, you know. Um, And I'm so grateful I had that education. But when I was 10, they gave me piano lessons. And I was so excited to get a used Baldwin upright piano. I got it for Christmas. And I was jacked. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get a piano. And I played on that Baldwin piano for eight, nine years. And I felt like it was my piano. And I dreamed of playing on this, I, it was a visualization I had as a 10 or 11 year old, this black lacquered baby grand piano because rich people had baby grand pianos. So then my little sister took lessons on the Baldwin after I left the house uh, growing up. And, and when I started giving my daughter piano lessons when she was six, I asked my mom for my Baldwin upright piano. And she said, no, sorry, it's not yours. And I was so mad at her. I was like, what? I was the first person to play piano on that Baldwin. I was crushed. But she actually did me a favor. Because then I made a decision to save my money as a grown adult. This is just a few years ago, whatever, 10 years ago. For this baby grand piano that I visualized I would always have. I saved for over a year. And my then husband didn't want me to spend the money on the piano. But I was like, you know what? You know, once I had my mind set on something, I was like, I'm going to do it. So I researched and I finally found and bought a Pramberger piano with all the money I saved for 15 months. Actually, it was, yeah, it was more than a year, 15 months. When that drop dead, gorgeous, beautiful, shiny piano arrived in my home and they set it up in my living room, I cried because it wasn't about the piano. It was about the fact that I got my picture 
it meant that I had made it. A baby grand piano, black lacquered piano, arrived in my life and it meant that I had made it. I was successful and I did it all on my own. So my daughter played on that piano for 13 years. Playing the piano, it was amazing, by the way. Playing the piano, she played the piano because it released her tension. It was her creative outlet, her muse. And listening to her play the piano became my stress release. Oh my gosh, you know, when a piano is like playing throughout your house, it's just magical. Her music enveloped the home. It brought calm and class and beauty to our house. I loved it. But now fast forward, you know, 13 years My life was really changing. Our lives were changing. And there was no room for this piano in my next space. My daughter was going to college. My son's in college. And I knew knew it. But I still wasn't ready to let it go. Have you ever ever felt that in your life? Just not ready to let something go? Especially when you're attached to some sort of deprivation or you're, you're attached to it. She said to me, and the kicker was this. So one day when, I don't know what it was. She might might have been reading my mind or something. She said, Mom, this is during our pre-move, you know, when the house was up for sale. Mom, I only want one thing from you when you die, and that's the piano. I didn't have the guts to tell her, oh, I'm going to sell it. So I felt really guilty that she said that, and I knew I needed to think of a solution. I was feeling sentimental and a little sad to let it go and fearful I would never own such a beautiful instrument again if I gave it up. So as we continued to apartment hunt, I realized, obviously, there's no room for a piano. Again, it's a process. You know, it was kind of symbolic on what was going on in my life. I was having to shed the past to lighten my load to let go, and it started with this piano. Then I got a visit out of the blue from my wise friend, Tina Valdez. She lives in California, but she happened to be in Miami. And she was sitting on my couch and asking, how's it going? And I told her about the piano, you know, just, you know, regular stuff and how I was, you know, going to store the piano. (laughs) And Tina, one of the best mothers I know and very sentimental, by the way, she says, get rid of that shit. Let it go, Lynn. By the time you pay for a year of storage, which is like $300 a month, you can buy a new piano and get rid of all that kid crap. She's very practical. And I about died. My mouth was open. I'm like, wow, if Tina Valdez is telling me this, she's right. The next day, I told my daughter, you know, the same daughter who said, I only want the piano from you when you die. I said, I'm like, let's make a deal. I said, if I sell the piano, I would give her all the money. And she said, okay. She went from, don't ever sell it to, okay. So a week later, I put the piano up for sale on um, offer up, sold like that. Sold it to a woman with four kids. She came to my house and she looked at it with joy and admiration. She wrote me a check right on the spot. And the next day, the piano was gone. Guys are in the house. They're taking it apart. And I thought I would cry or feel sad or something. I felt none of those things. I cashed that check. I deposited it so quickly. And I felt so good about that. I felt like I, you know, it was, it served its purpose and we made an exchange. And as I saw the piano being taken down and wrapped up, I felt grateful to have it for 13 years. I felt happy it was going to four little kids who create their own joy and memories from it. And then it left our home and I closed the door and I cashed a check. And there was this big empty, empty space where I'd sat for so many years. And with my daughter, playing on it, you know, I could see her like playing on it as a memory, visual memory. And then I saw the Halloween and Christmas decorations that sat on the piano and the family photos that adorned it. It was a fantastic part of our family. And we were grateful. 
And as I looked at the empty space, I felt lighter and open and ready to see what experience fills the next space. Not that particular space, but just like the space in my life. So it was incredible. I didn't cry a lick. Uh, I felt fantastic about it. I let it go with gratitude and I was ready to move on. And soon after I sold that piano, I had to multiply this experience a hundred times because I had sold my house. And if you've ever sold your house or have to go, had to go in a small space, you know, you got to get rid of all, a lot of your stuff. So I had to do that with, I had to go in the loft and, you know, when fire is under your butt, you know, you have to act. When the movers came or the day before the movers came, my boyfriend and I were like, okay, well, what are we going to do with all this stuff in the garage? Because none of the stuff in the garage is going into storage. I didn't want to pay for any of it to be stored. And I just started giving and throwing stuff away like crazy. I gave some things away and I, and I sold a few things, but I mean, that cedar chest I was telling you about that I thought I wanted forever when I was 16, I was lugging that around all these states for 40 years or 30 years. I ended up throwing it away in the trash and somebody picked it up. So, I mean, I looked at that diaper. I'm like, oh, this was great. It was a great memory. I'm the only one who cares about it. Nobody else cares. I was like, oh, I remember my kid when he was seven pounds, seven ounces. Get rid of it. Oh, remember their baby shoe? I had like 12 sets of baby shoes. Because why? I don't know. And I gave it to strangers whose kids might actually need them. So what I learned from this is, number one, letting go can be a process or can be instant. For me, it was a process. And then when we got in the garage, it was a little faster. Number two, when you're willing to let go with gratitude and peacefulness, not fear and deprivation, you don't feel sad. You say, thank you for serving me. Thank you for being in my life. Now I release you to the garbage, to somebody else who can use you. I let you go. And number three, when you do let go, you open a space physical and I don't know, what's the word? Energetically for a new experience to come into your life. You feel so good. And my stuff has been in storage for almost, well, it's over a month now. And I missed it in the beginning. And now I'm like, I'm dealing with like, I, I don't know, minimal clothes. I've got like eight inches of a closet and like, I, I mean, minimal clothing. And I, and I'm starting not to miss all my stuff. So it's amazing what you can do without. And when you let go, you just tell yourself, universe, I know new will come into my life. I got rid of 80% of my decorations. I'll buy new or I'll do without. So from a, previous hoarder or a recovering sentimental hoarder, my best advice for life on this letting go subject is purge and get rid of your crap. I still have a ways to go because once I move into my apartment, (laughs) I'm going to have to still let go of stuff. So I'll let you know how that goes. So good luck, everybody. I'm getting rid of what no longer serves you. See you next time, everybody. And remember, there is nothing we can't talk about. A reminder to everybody, submit your questions on adviceforlifewithlynn.com. I care about what's on your mind. I love your questions. And when you go to my website, you'll also get access to my free happiness guide when you sign up. Also, I'm looking for guests with different ways they can help the Advice for Life followers. So reach out if you have something to say and you want to be on the podcast. Lastly, please subscribe and rate my podcast on iTunes. I really care about what you think. Tell me how I'm doing, what you want to hear about. The links are also in the show notes and also on the website. I want to help as many people as I can with this podcast and your shares and your subscribes and your reviews help us gain visibility in the iTunes store and help us reach a lot more people. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll see you next time. And remember, there is nothing we can't talk about.